Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we're doing episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem of the Holograms, because both it and the comic and the misfits are truly the misfits. This is Gem and the Misfits, I think is how it is actually listed on solicits. Number five, welcome Misfits. Number five, the Jetta episode. Oh, I want Jetta shorts so bad. Everything about Jetta's clothes in this issue, the cover especially, so good. Jetta's so good. Jetta's so good. This is actually going to be wrapping up the Misfits miniseries. We'll see more of them soon in the cross-time caper as far as I know. But for now, we're gonna wrap up this whole thing with the Misfits and their reality show and finding out everybody's secret pasts that are sad. Mackenzie, are you looking forward to today? I'm looking forward to today. I like Jetta. You like sadness? I've always liked sadness. My favorite movies involve sadness and storytelling. Does everyone in this comic have, like, dead or divorced parents? Stormer's parents are probably okay. And as far as we know, Blaze and her parents are fine. She's just a little, like, on the outs with her sister. That's still three out of five. It's a majority, but it's not 100%. So let's jump into our sad misfit story. Last time was kind of a heavy hitter, huh, guys? It hurt. Luckily, this one hurts a little less. If only because they clip past the pain at a pretty decent pace. Exactly. We don't have time to dwell on the pain because we also got to do all this stuff wrapping up the arc. This one sort of pulls double duty because we're going in the Jetta's backstory, but we also need to wrap up this arc. So you got to devote pages and you got to split that up. So let's get into this. We've gone through all of our other misfits so far, which means that we are back to Jetta. And Jetta, uh, last we saw her, was telling the cameras that if they leave off whatever they're doing with Roxy, whatever footage they got on her, then Jetta will tell them the story of the frickin' century. Uh, we started this issue with all of the other misfits apparently being basically accosted by paparazzi asking how they feel about Jetta's confession and uh, whether they feel ashamed or betrayed or anything like that. And a lot of them have no idea what anyone's talking about. Absolutely. Blaze and Clash, for instance, are just completely baffled. VT dubs Clash is back. Clash is here. She's still not a misfit. I'm kind of sad we didn't get any Clash backstory in this, but she is not a misfit. Oh man, do you know what you just did there? What? If we had Clash's backstory, then we would get a Clash back. Kelly, it is vitally important that you never write a Clash backstory because we cannot be allowed to use that joke. Clash back! Never ever. It cannot happen. Also, Pizzazz is definitely about to shove the camera up where the sun don't shine. And also Eric's back. Eric is holding her back. I missed you, Eric. Welcome back. And then we sadly don't have a flashback, but we do have a flashback. Back to when Jetta was about to cut a deal with them leaving Roxy alone. But only if the camera crew leaves Roxy alone and gives her the memory card and she knows the names of the camera crew. It's short, sweet, and scandalous. And then we get to what it actually is. And by the way, we have those recording letter boxes again, and it's real good, but yeah. So you know how in the cartoon, Jetta lied about who she was. She lied about being British royalty. Instead, it turns out that she's just a British lady named Sheila Burns. Well, in this one, uh, she's actually lying about being a British lady named Sheila Burns. She's just a Georgian lady named Prudence. <laughs> I freaking love it. I also love that because we refuse to write this character with like really overwrought dialect that 
one of the camera crew is just like, wait, did she just lose her accent? And that's the only way we can tell she lost her accent. Which I'm very happy about, frankly, because especially like when people are writing Southern dialect or like Scottish dialect, it gets messy. It becomes all apostrophes. Then suddenly people start saying partner a lot. The camera keeps closing in on Jetta's face in the panels and it's incredible. It's true. She is working the camera. She's posing and it's great. Cut back to the Malibu beach house. Present day. And Pizzazz is screaming. As is her custom. Also, her hair is really short and this really cute bob and I love it. Yeah, Stormer's hair is also incredible. She's got like short bangs and these huge ringlets that go down to her shoulders. Everyone's really cute. God, everyone's so cute all the time. And Pizzazz still has that like leopard print house coat that I need so bad. I like the idea of her storming off to go to the pool where Jetta apparently is, then pausing mid-stride and saying, wait, is the film crew here? And they're apparently not here. They're meeting everyone at the soundstage today instead. And she says, good, that gives me plenty of time to murder her off camera. Roxy's eating a bagel by the pool and there's Pizzazz, Jetta, she yells. What in seven hells is this crap? Oh, so I guess that beastly episode aired, says Jetta. It's also noted that even while talking about how she is not actually British, she is still talking with a British accent. What I love about these panels where uh, Pizzazz is screaming at Jetta is that you get the fiery background with the skulls and the fiery background is so intense that it actually backlights Jetta and Pizzazz. And I also love that immediately as we move the camera around to look at Jetta, fire's all gone. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's beautiful. It's a bright, sunny, blue day. Everything's cool. So we go to baby Jetta. Baby Jetta and her mom. Oh my god, I love the colors in this page. It's all grayscale, except for these bright pink highlights and also bright pink ribbons of sort of the music notations with the lyrics and everything that we've come to expect in the book when someone's singing. It's beautiful. And it's sort of picking out the things she remembers. And with those like really saturated pinks, it's warm, it's cozy, it's nice, and it's dreamlike, and it's wonderful. I mean, for this page anyway. Jetta's talking about how her first memory is her mother's voice singing, and it's adorable. And then we get another smash cut to funeral. This comic and the show does love its smash cuts to funerals. Not like this. This is about four and a half years later from Jetta's first memory. And what we have in this now are the flowers at the grave, pillows in the living room, the blankets on her mother's bed, and Jetta's backpack, and oof. Jetta, after her mom dies, because her dad's just kind of collapsing in on himself, has to go live with her dad's sister, Prudence, who she's named for. But she was, quote, Jetta, miserable and soulless and tried everything she could to get Jetta to also be like that. God, just this panel here on this page, all we see of Jetta's dad is just him lying on this bed with takeout boxes and trash and just... that That is a depression bed. Yeah. So we go to a progression of Jetta living with her aunt, and uh, it doesn't go well. Ages 10 through 16, roughly. Most of the pink in this is in Jetta's hair as she gets a pink streak in there. She'd never liked my mother, it seemed, and so she hated everything in me that was like my mother. And unfortunately for Auntie Prue, the only thing I liked about myself were the things that were like my mother. In one panel, they have a literal tug of war with Jetta's pink electric guitar. It's symbolic. Big props for this t-shirt that Jed is wearing because it's definitely one of those metal bands whose name is so covered in vines and thorns that you can't actually read it. The anti-party 
Fairy Cannon. I think it's Acid Torment, but I wouldn't swear to it. Also might be Wicked Torment. I see the word taco in there, so I don't know. Wicked Taco Meat? It's a true metal band name, is what we're trying to say. And then finally, Jetta walks out. I finally left, saving both our lives, I think. I was basically like a hero. She's got these sunglasses on. She's got a toothpick in her mouth, all cool-like. Oh, it's Jetta. And she immediately hops on a plane to London. Landed there. Met a guy. Introduces herself as Sheila Burns, because who the hell is going to correct her? The name Prudence was the first thing to go. It means cautious, for Christ's sakes. How un-me is that? And it was never a name my mother called me anyway. It's just she too knew what a terrible fit it was for who I was becoming. And then we go to her being uh, a hooligan at, I assume, a soccer match. There's a lot of yelling. And she joins a band. And man, these poses of her playing guitar and singing are all very different. And they're all very, very good and powerful. And I love them. And she only kept one thing from that old life. And it was the nickname her mom gave her. Jetta. We have this juxtaposition here where the pink comes back in a really big way of it's the music now. It's that darker pink of the music. And then we have that single panel that juxtaposed with the lighter, paler pink of her mom singing and it's beautiful. She also says, who knows what it meant to her? Maybe nothing, but it meant everything to me. It was all I kept because we, we have no idea what Jetta's supposed to mean. It's, don't worry about it. Anyway, the Tinkerbillies come back to the States on tour and uh, Jetta finds out her dad died that year and nobody at the funeral even recognized her. And she's fine with that, actually. I have everything I need. I'm exactly who I want to be. Uh, well, most of the time, I suppose we all have room for improvements. For tiny improvements. And she's got sparkles around her at that. And when she says, I have everything I need, she looks over her shoulder at the rest of the misfits. No. And she says, all right, that's basically it. That's me. And then uh, we look back at everybody else. And Stormer in particular definitely has tears in her eyes. Everybody else is getting there. Blaze is trying real hard to hold it in. Yeah, Blaze has her face squinched up in that thing you do when you're trying not to cry. Up, oh, Mad Mardigan watch. Oh, Mad Mardigan watch. Hello, Mad Mardigan. Mad Mardigan is an indoor cat. And Stormer says, uh, why don't you just tell this in the confessional or do some interview or one of the talk shows? It'll go a long way toward people understanding why you lied. And Jetta goes, it's none of their business. The world doesn't get access to that. You do because you're my friends and family, but I don't owe anyone a peek inside my personal life. And Stormer of all people and Blaze as well are both like... Yeah, they get that. That makes sense to them. Pizzazz needs a little more coaxing, though. Yeah, so why tell them, she asks. And Jetta's probably about to come up with some way to block, but Roxy steps up and goes, that was because of me. Roxy tells everyone that she can't really read. She talks about her breakdown at the gym and that they're pretty close to figuring out, but Jetta sort of took the fall to give her time to deal with her as she calls them, issues. What I really love is that before Jetta, like in the lead up, when Roxy is saying, uh, Jetta told them to protect me to draw their attention from going on with me, Possess is like, what's going on with you? I can't take any more surprises. And she definitely looks like she's about to cry too. Like, oh no, whatever's going on here, it's going to be too much for me emotionally to be cool anymore. So they all pile in on a hug. Oh my God. As soon as she admits it, they're just like, Roxy? And it's a big old family hug. Cue Eric walking out. The car will be here in an hour to take you to soundstage where you- Oh god, who died? I love that Eric's first reaction is to wince and hold his hands up in front of his face. This better not be the new Misfits. I can't handle tear-soaked hugging on a daily basis. I'm not managing Gem and the Holograms, for Christ's sake. And he refuses to participate in the hug despite being invited. I'm just saying I can feel the saccharin from over here. 
Everybody has tear streaks in their mascaras running, by the way. And they're all looking at him like, Eric, join the hug, Eric. Join us, Eric. They immediately cut to the new music video, which makes me think that they did manage to drag Eric into the hug at some point. Right, because we cut to a new music video, which, have we seen music videos in this Misfits series? I forget. I don't think so, no. We've seen them recording in the booth, but not a music video. So this is the first time we've really seen how St. Ange draws music videos, and guys, it's good. It's so pretty. I'm not totally sure what's going on. I know that Pizzazz has some kind of peacock shawl going on and a crown, but everybody's expressions as they sing are really good. I just can't get over, like, in all these pages of this music video, their expressions as they look at the camera are just incredible. They're angry, they're fierce, they're determined. They're not going to take your crap. It is everything that we know of the Misfits publicly that just the fact that it's reinforced by, like, this big emotional hug out right before it just really reinforces how tight and intense they are. And I love that we pull back to see the screen that the music video is playing on and the first tweet we get at the bottom is from Mooncalf0019. Lindsay's back! Hey, Lindsay. Oh, man. We've only seen Lindsay like once before and that was the first time the Misfits were introduced on their show. Drop everything Lindsay's show is on. And speaking of the first time we saw them, a bunch of the Misfits are back in outfits that mimic their original outfits as they showed up in both the cartoon and the show. Yeah, Pizzazz has like the zebra print uh, sash. Stormer's got like the sort of one-shouldered pink shirt going on and that orange flower in her hair. Even Jetta's outfit looks a lot like the one that she was introduced in in her profile. Basically, that was their new song, Not For The Faint. And everyone loves it. And Lindsay says, It's safe to say with this, this clip of their new song and video, Not For The Faint, that the Misfits are back with a vengeance. Even the haters will have to admit you guys are back in a big badass way. And then she says, can you tell us what's next for the Misfits? And Pizzazz says, actually, yes, we've got another big announcement. All the Twitter handles on here are really good. Uh, I especially enjoyed Truth Bob Om 99 Anyway, Pizzazz is like, uh, our single will be available to download in its stores everywhere next week. Music stores don't exist anymore. Target has CDs. Yeah, Walmart does too. Storms everywhere next week. Courtesy of our brand new label, Misfits Music. How did they get Misfits Music? How did this happen? We just don't know. Who cares? It's the exact same freaking font from the TV show. So happy. Misfits freaking music. Oh my god. I also love that the Twitter scroll down at the bottom says, Hells yeah, hashtag make mine misfits. And there it is. The end for now. So yeah, obviously this is going to be continued in the infinite crossover. And our digital ash can is the Jim and the Holograms annual, which we've already talked about. So it's still real good. Kelly mentioned in our, in our interview with her that uh, Jetta's backstory had to be rushed through a little bit just because this issue was pulling double duty. I do think the whole revelation that Jetta's backstory was largely fabricated would have had a little more punch if we knew what she was claiming her backstory was before this point. Jetta never, never really got a chance to claim anything besides, you know, being British. Yeah, that's a good point. Because definitely it feels like something that's a bigger deal in-universe, and maybe part of that is just the limit of the medium, in that so much of that has to do with, with how Jetta sounds, and we have to make that up in our heads. And it's not like when she switches back to American English that she affects this really over-the-top drawl. Thank God for that. 
or starts calling everybody darling. I do want to get at least one bless your heart from Jetta. Oh, yes, please. The, the most laser targeted of bless your hearts. So that was our five issue Misfits backstory story arc. You guys, this was an emotional roller coaster. There's lots of sadness, so I am happy. I love this, though. I love it, too. It was so good. Especially because giving them their own space actually allowed us to have time to get into these backstories, which really, it's hard to make that happen in a comic book when you've only got so many pages. But uh, yeah, next time, time travel shenanigans, maybe. Or they go to space or something. Something's happening. We've actually been deliberately avoiding as much information as possible about the infinite crossover because we just want to go into it like completely blind. I know that there's science fiction involved. I know that our son Techrat is involved. That's really all we need to know. It's true. We're sold on this regardless. We kind of have an obligation to buy it regardless, so. I mean, he's our son. We have to support him. We've got to put that boy through Techrat college. He's got to learn to build his own Technodrome. Segal Danan on Twitter, they made this great tech rat Funko Pop and sent it to us on Twitter, and it's it's our boy. We've retweeted it on our Twitter account at GemJamCast. You should definitely check it out there. So that's going to wrap it up for the Misfits miniseries. As before, we'll see the Misfits again a little later uh, with St. Ange still, so she'll continue on for art for the series, which I'm very happy about. And that will do it for us as well. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are at the Gem Jam just about everywhere except on Twitter where we are at Gem Jam Cast. If you like what we do and you want to support us, a like, rating, review, subscribe, comment, wherever you find our podcast is always really helpful. Really helps our metrics, helps us get discovered more, makes us feel good about reading sad comics about rock girls. If you want to support us with money, you can do that at patreon.com slash the gem jam. For a couple bucks a month, you can help uh, support not only the gem jam, but our other projects like I Will Fight You, which has some very good episodes. And by the way, The Mummy's out. Uh, You guys should definitely listen to our episode about the 1999 The Mummy. Because it turns out, surprising no one, that the new Mummy movie is not very good. The reviews are bad. Yeah, and it turns out we were very right and that they should have just stuck with Brendan Fraser. 17% Rotten Tomatoes. Honestly, this just proves that we're right about everything. I had a friend go to see it and she said the only good thing was that the mummy was hot. At least in the grand tradition of mummy movies, the mummy was hot. Anyway, you should go listen to that. It's called I Will Fight You. It's a good podcast. It's rated PG-13 compared to our normal PG podcast, however, so if you are a younger person, make sure to get parental permission first. We bleep the F word, though. Some most times. Sometimes I'm editing the podcast at 1 a.m. and I forget to do my bleep pass. And sometimes we just don't say the F word because we forget we're allowed to say it. And then sometimes, like the Pern episode, we say the word constantly. Although I think I missed one in the Pern episode, so if you find that one, congratulations, you win a no prize. Join us next time at the Gem Jam, though, when we'll be talking about more gem comics and more gem cartoon things, so there's less of those now. We're in the home stretch, folks. So until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we'll remind you, we're all misfits Oh my god, together, I hate you. And it shows Annie. when we stand and I hate you so much. This has got to stop. True. I hate this. That musical is back. Oh god. Good night.